I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to our Saturday edition, The Double Dose. We have Monday through Thursday every day, the Daily Journal, but Saturday is our double dose of Constitution, truth, principle, not propaganda, not fake news, just facts. No political party agenda or propaganda. And we bring to you the news, the current events, I should say, in the way that they ought to be given to you, the way that you should be hearing them, the way you should be reading in the headlines. And once again, uh, I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And J.C. and I, we research for our shows. We actually look through the news. We look at everything. And you know what? We're like in day 676 of Kavanaugh. I meditate and look at tea leaves. <laughs> You'd be better off with day 100 exactly. 678 that's, Kavanaugh. That's my point. Holy cow. What a political, political mess this has become. And this is what happens when we politicize. Now, look. Uh, you, you, you and I were talking about this this morning, right? So we've gone over the fact that the criminal allegations against Kavanaugh are ridiculous. Number one, the FBI has no jurisdiction to investigate this. This was not a federal crime. And just because Kavanaugh, 36 years later, is, is a nominee for Supreme Court justice doesn't make it a federal crime. But, you know, we, we live in a day where everything is federal-centric, so people don't know that. So the, federal, the FBI has no jurisdiction over this. Number two, it is a crime, an alleged crime, between minors. So the allegations are this lady, we know her name now. I, but yeah, a doctor. She, she alleges that... So when they were in high school, the early 1980s, mm-hmm. they were in high school. Right. She was in one high school. Kavanaugh was in another high school. They were at a party. High and, school kids. Yeah. And Kavanaugh and his buddy, uh, she says, attempted to assault her in a room at a party when mm-hmm. they were drunk. Okay. That's the allegations. So you have two, not two kids. Which is not a federal crime. Not right? a federal crime. Not a federal crime in any way. There was no interstate commerce to even try to 
loop the commerce, so bootstrap the, the commerce clause so the in there. FBI would have no jurisdiction. No jurisdiction whatsoever. Uh, does the FBI have? Are are they tasked with gathering information for nominees? <laughs> I mean, do they have any role? No. So it's no. No, she is calling, she's not asking for gathering information on nominees. She is calling, or her her lawyer or whoever, I mean, there seems to be some discrepancy on who's actually calling. But the, the headlines say, the stories say, she is calling for the FBI to investigate this crime. Well, what I read in the New Yorker was that Senate Democrats referred it to the FBI. So wouldn't the FBI have to look at them and say... You know, this is this is not under our jurisdiction. Yeah, we, they would. We have no authority. We not, have not all, it's no not a matter of we don't want to. It's right. we can't investigate this. Right. And we we have to okay, so this is a jurisdictional issue. If you don't have jurisdiction, then you are usurping a power. Now. So what power is being usurped? So this is technically and legally a local jurisdictional matter. Now the Senate Democrats could like what they're asking, okay. Because they initially said, let her come testify. And right. she said, yeah. no. Uh, and so now, allegedly, Well, that's when be- she said, uh, according to the stories that I've read, that's when she said, uh, I'm not going to testify. I want the FBI to investigate first. Yeah. So the senators could uh, basically query local law enforcement somehow? Do you have reports? Do you have whatever? They could ask this as far as informational regarding Kavanaugh. Right. I think that they could probably ask, they could do a record search. Right. Because it would be relevant. Well, you could, and I don't know if it'd be relevant, but you could possibly, the closest you could get to is to argue relevance based on character, right? You're trying to establish the character of this nominee because I, there's there's no way that it can be charged. He can be can charged I, with anything at this point, can right? Can I just say something really quick? Because this is crazy. I don't want anybody to look at my character when I was 16 years old and yeah. judge me today. Right. So that's why I say <laughs> right? they, they could only... Oh, my that goodness. That would be the only possible relevance. Right. But when you consider you're saying a 16-year-old kid did what? A 17-whatever. I don't care. If I was in high school, don't judge my character today about who I was in high school, for Pete's sakes. I mean, you've got to be in the most dumbest part of your life, right? It's just the most irrational part of your life. I mean, there is actual scientific data. <laughs> scientific data with PET scans that show that people in that that adolescents in high school have the same brain malfunction as a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Now, so I, don't judge me from well, my high school personality or actions, please. All of that aside, you have evidence of this woman being a pretty active, lefty activist. Yes, no kidding. So there, and, and, you you know, we've seen all of the delay tactics and all these things leading up to this. So... It just really smacks of, you know, political operatives, delay tactics to try to try to derail this or put this on hold. I mean, we talked about this, I think, on the Thursday show. This is a central, you know, central theme now of the Democrats since they don't have a platform. Right. This Kavanaugh nomination has been the central uh, element 
of their strategy right. at the moment to number one uh, derail this until they can get to the midterms and then use this to motivate Democrats to turn out to midterms right. in hopes that they can take uh, take the Senate or somehow tip the scales of Congress so then this president cannot have any of his nominees confirmed. They're basically, they, their hopes is, through the midterm elections, create a lame duck president. I saw a headline uh, while we were researching uh, Trump's brilliant genius to lose the midterm so he can win in 2020. Yeah. I love how they just never mind. But yeah, there's a theory for everything, every <laughs> single thing. I people hit me up on Instagram. They send me Instagram. Oh, hey JC, I heard you said this, but this is what's really going on. <laughs> it's actually Donald Trump's master plan. So every every doofus that had every swamp rat that's made it, it, their way, like Jeff Sessions, into the administration. Oh, there's some master design. Mm. They're they're really not whatever and. All of these different plans and things, so everything. Um, so no, I'm, I don't. I don't buy. I mean, I I do believe. All right, so let's. The guy's strategic, and there's some things like this that happen from time to time. But I don't believe all that stuff. Here's the thing, and again, I'll just say this: Kavanaugh has constitutional issues that ought to be vetted before he is permitted to be a Supreme Court yeah. justice. Yeah, so Serious constitutional issues that ought to be vetted, and yet we're stuck on this red herring. Which has not a prayer to, to be anything. Which tells me that they don't really, they're not really trying to block Kavanaugh because Kavanaugh is not a threat. Let me put this again. Kavanaugh is not a threat to the Democrat agenda on the Supreme Court. Nope. He is simply a carbon copy of Kennedy to replace him. He is no threat to anyone. All of this is, is just simply a red herring to distract us from from. Uh, distract us and motivate us exactly. to election yeah. on both sides. Right. It's a platform. Well, in their hopes, it's a platform to motivate their base. And well, stall. I think the Republicans think it's a platform to motivate their base, too. Well, yeah, because of the opposition. Sure, right. it's going to motivate Republicans, as well it should, because you you know they're revealing their strategy. Their strategy is to stall until the midterms and take the midterms. So, I mean, that's the thing. So this has become a lightning rod, you know, for that. But I the problem with the Republicans a lot of times in the past, because they're so politically inept, they they fall for this stuff. Yeah. So they go along with the Democrats. And and see, and now if you think about it, that's kind of the thing. So you can't you can't just dismiss it out of hand because you have to consider you don't need you don't need a criminal case. You're not gonna establish a criminal criminal a criminal case. That's impossible. It's that's impossible. not gonna happen. But you don't need to. What you right. need to do is influence certain senators. That's, right. So that's the aim here. Uh, well, you would, no, the aim is to try him in the court of public opinion right. so that you do influence those yeah, senators. They so get the push from the outside because right. it's election time. Yeah. If it wasn't election time, we wouldn't be caring about what the public has to Absolutely. say. Absolutely. So that's my point. You, uh, that, that's the goal. So you influence these guys. And then they'll, you know, they'll meet them uh, in the halls because you may have somebody – you know, this could give somebody pause, like, okay, yeah, he was 16, but if he did this when he was 16, then, you know, who is he now? Is he So there, it, it puts some question, like, okay, yeah, he was 16, but 
is he still like that or is he because some people don't change right so you can say well don't judge me when i'm 16 but i know some people who are who are who they are now the same as they were at 16 so all you need to do is plant that seed of doubt so if you mm-hmm. have and we know we have some wishy-washy republican senator senators um so, so that's the strategy you know <laughs> flake flake was never gonna yeah and and it's a good from a democrat point of view it's a good strategy mm-hmm. i mean this is their typical sleazy kind of politics but they've shown that in the past that it, it works with some of these guys right so right, right. so i would say in that case yeah we could dismiss it sort of factually you could kind of i i believe see through it but we're not talking about you and I, you and we're not talking about me we're not talking about you we're not talking about chris ann hall show listeners uh, we're talking about people with a little lower IQ and a lower character, and that is certain Republican senators. And a lower knowledge base. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I just want to point out that, once again, this is just another mechanism to destroy the process of due process in America. The more we uh, of these kind of incidents where we're, we're throwing this out to the court of public opinion rather than actually sticking to due process, right? How many headlines have you seen about this uh, accusation on Kavanaugh and, and, and say, uh, well, he has a right to confront his, confuse, uh, his accuser, right? He has a right to a trial by jury. He has a right to allegations. He has a right to a speedy trial. Nobody's talking about the elements of due process here. Everybody's just talking about whether he's guilty or not guilty. That term guilty in a criminal aspect has specific meaning. I will say this. I thought I was thinking about this after the break. Um, So the thing here, it's not. So we were looking at it sort of as a criminal issue. Right. FBI has no jurisdiction. Uh, It's not a criminal thing. I think what's go- I think the better way to look at it here is this is a background investigation. So just like when you and I, you know, went to the military, military intelligence, you had to have a background investigation. That's what's going on here. Right. So they would look at stuff we did in high school. Of course, mm-hmm. we were closer to high school. I was closer to high school than you were when you joined. But they would look at stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think that's the context of this. This is the only sort of handle that the FBI could have like okay then they because they sent investigators for us i think i don't think it was fbi but it was uh anyway defense intelligence agency whatever some of these guys but they were federal investigators and look look at this stuff for security clearance purposes so that's kind of what you have as a background investigation for kavanaugh but but once again he was in high school it was 35 years ago that's beyond even their comprehension right but it'd be something you know thinking about the background investigation process be something that they would put in their notes whatever and then like this basically just factual this is what we found and then you know if there's a crime that could you know was not beyond statute of limitations. They'd have to refer that to local authorities, right. or they could look at local authorities. What you have, but all, I think 
the way to look at it. All this happens in the process of background investigation. So that's, I think that's where, the, where Feinstein in particular is coming from of saying, you know, I've given this to the federal investigative authorities um, as part of his background investigation, just like looking at all his court opinions and blah, blah, blah. Right, but it's, they're not going to find a criminal record because she never no. filed charges. Right. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to find any credible testimony because it was so long ago. It Correct. was in the 80s. Yeah, right? Well, so you he, could have. He must be about my age then. Yeah, but know. if you have, you know, thinking about it objectively, if, if they, they would go investigate and, Let's say they talk to her parents if they're still alive, and they would right. say, yeah, she came to us that night. Yeah. We decided not to do, go forward, whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah, there could be, who knows, there could be people that, if, you know, if it's legit, there could be people she talked to at the time. So it could cause problems if they were to find something like that. I, it seems dubious to me when you look at all of the pieces as a whole, but, you know, you can't, you have, I guess you have to have, you have to have a let a person like that, you have to let a person like that speak. Yeah. And she would say, the, the trouble was when she was saying, no, I'm not going to testify and I don't right. want to talk about it. People were like, right. oh, come on, really? And so it kind of undermined the credi credibility of that. I think even Trump came out and said, yeah, you know, she should be allowed to say her yeah, piece. Yeah, absolutely. But we can't delay this forever. Right. And, and Well, that's the whole goal anyway. Yeah, that's the point. So here we have more evidence of Kavanaugh being tried in the court of public opinion. Uh, Harvard Law students say that Kavanaugh, the allegation should be investigated before he's allowed to teach at Harvard Law. Can I just say one more time that he should have been vetted on his understanding of the Constitution before he taught at Harvard Law? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are the important, I'm, and I'm not trying to diminish the importance of what may have happened to this woman, but come on, it is way too uh, opportunistic at, of the timing, right? And and we're we're dealing with a man who who is an old man like me, right? Out of high school, and and you want to judge his character for some things that he did. Seriously, JC, do you want your character to be judged by what who you are now by who you were in high school? Um, <laughs> I can I can pretty clearly say I'm not who I was in high school. So. Yeah, thank you. And and I. <laughs> I, you know, it's an interesting question because I think it would probably help because you'd have people say, this is who he was in high school, this is who we see he is now, so you'd see a big concept, so it would help me. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Monday through Thursday, the Daily Journal. Monday through Thursday, the Daily Journal. And we are finishing, this is the end cap 
on Constitution Week. And I just want to I want to make a public thank you to all of our listeners who supported our sponsors uh, these last few months. And I want to say thank you to all of those who supported Constitution Week by bringing In Search of Liberty into your homes and into your classrooms based on, on, on the fact that it's, you know, I mean, it's an awesome movie to break the ice on the, on the understanding of the Constitution, but I want to thank you for supporting the Chris Ann Hall Show by bringing In Search of Liberty into your home. Remember, In Search of Liberty can be found at InSearchOfLiberty.com, and it's a movie that will help you reach those friends, family members, co-workers who have this kind of attitude of what is the Constitution to me, right? What does it mean to me? Why is this even important to me? This movie, in a fun way, in a historical fiction kind of way, will bring the, the understanding back into the minds of your friends, your family members, your co-workers of, of why, this Constitution is so very important. And uh, I just want to remind you, you still have time because, remember, just because Constitution Week is ending doesn't mean that our dedication to the Constitution is ending. Go to Chris, uh, I'm sorry, go to InSearchOfLiberty.com or you can go to ChrisAnnHall.com, click on the link for our show today, and there will be links to all of our sponsors there. We have... Um, we have a great sponsor, uh, Richard Kramer, who does engraving of guns, beautiful work, and he has promised to uh, donate a certain portion of his proceeds to the Chris Ann Hall Show to help us do what we do, and, and we appreciate that. You help us by helping our sponsors. We have uh, a sponsor in um, The Killing of Uncle Sam. The uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown is a sponsor of, of this show. The Killing of Un- Uncle Sam is a sponsor of the show. And uh, I would support that book even if it wasn't a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That great. is an amazing, great, great, great book that everybody should read. In Search of Liberty First to Lay the Foundation. And then uh, The Killing of Uncle Sam to, to give you a mind blow. Oh, you need to <laughs> you take your children. I mean, that should be part of your, your curriculum. Yeah. school, your high school students should go through this. Well, we have a friend, Eric Ganyan, who who just published on Instagram a video of his 12-year-old son who just finished The Killing of Uncle Sam. Well, there's a workbook and I think audio. There's workbook and audio book that goes with it. It should be part of, if you're a homeschool parent or if you're a public school parent, you ought to be supplementing your education with this kind of truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's um, The Killing of Uncle Sam. Yep. Yeah, great, great. Get the workbook and the audiobook that goes with it. You're you're pointing your phone at me. I'm, oh, I'm man. you're just like I've, excited so, about yeah, something. Yeah, because I found this during the break, right? Well, exactly what we we're talking about. So apparently, uh, Kimberly Strassel, Strassel. I'm going I'm mm-hmm. to say Strassel uh, at the Wall Street Journal. She laid she laid it out perfectly. Exactly what we were saying. Apparently, mm-hmm. she she wrote an article on this. But this is it. She said, uh, she tweeted this on on Twitter uh, at. Kim Strassel, S-T-R-A-S-S-E-L. Mm-hmm. GOP needs to do do better calling uh, malarkey on Democratic That's not demands. what she said. She didn't say malarkey. Well, There's just too, too many letters. It's just two letters. B-S is what uh-huh. she said. Um, on <laughs> uh, balderdash. 
stuff. Uh, Democratic demands for FBI, quote, in FBI investigations. FBI background checks of nominees involve interviewing people and putting results in a file. The report goes to the White House Senate solely for guidance. FBI isn't sleuthing crimes in these checks. Uh, she says, as FBI has said, it has put this accuser's detailed claims in the file, and she has been invited to testify. That is the FBI's job. Done. As the FBI has noted, any other investigation would be handled by local law enforcement, that is, if the statute of limitations were not long past. This is exactly what she said. Okay, but I tweeted that out four days ago. Yeah, when, yeah but I'm saying, what, my point is, the jour- there are journalists actually saying right. this and putting this, right. writing this into these mainstream papers. So at least at least somebody out there in the mainstream media uh, is saying this. And, so and that's the point. We have the Senate Judiciary uh, tweeting out uh, on uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, the Senate Judiciary, this is a, the official side, Twitter site of the Senate Judiciary, within hours of learning Dr. Ford's identity from press reports on Sunday, Chairman Grassley took swift action, making contact with the alleged witnesses. Dems have joined back, haven't joined joined background investigation of Dr. Ford's allegations. It's our constitutional duty to, it, uh, to do investigations. Join us. Now, I don't know. My, my response to the Senate Judiciary Committee is it's your, it's your constitutional duty to vet all judicial nominees according to the constitutional standards, not according to political red herrings. I want to know when the Senate Judiciary Committee is actually going to conduct a real Senate Judiciary hearing on a judicial candidate that involves real constitutional questions. Well, we talked about their Fourth Amendment questions, kind of just threw these questions out there. He gave his terrible answers. They shrugged and moved on. Right. I mean, it was like, that was, who cares? Right. Uh, and then his, his, his continual reliance on precedent as the, as the supreme law of the land yeah ought to really concern everybody in the Senate because it here's what happens. This idea of precedent, and I don't think that, that because we don't teach the Constitution properly, we don't think this all the way through. This idea of preeminence of precedent that Kavanaugh holds creates the federal government to, or creates the federal judiciary to be the, uh, to be the most powerful branch of government in Washington, D.C., when the exact opposite was the design of our Constitution. The, 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 the drafters of our Constitution specifically created, and I'm quoting now Alexander Hamilton from Federalist 83. He says, quote, It proves incontestably that the judiciary is beyond comparison the weakest of three departments of power that it can never be attacked with success by uh, success either of the other two. So we have we have a constitution that has uh, delegated power and the power they've delegated to the judiciary is is so limited and defined that the big government guy of his day, Hamilton, describes the judiciary as the weakest branch of government. But this this errant ideology held by Kavanaugh 
that precedent is higher than the Constitution. We pointed out in the Senate hearings, he mentioned precedent, but never mentioned the supremacy of the Constitution. It actually transmutes America into an oligarchy of nine kings and queens that cannot be challenged. I, I want to say that again. Kavanaugh supports a court that cannot be challenged by anyone but itself. And you know, I, I need to go back and watch the whole hearing because I, I looked at the clips between Orrin Hatch and Kavanaugh uh, oh, regarding man, the Fourth I'm, Amendment. But I, I'm, maybe I'm you want to throw up. But I'm interested in hearing, uh, in particular, Mike Lee and Ben Sass. What? What did they say in in that context in that right. conversation? Because those are those are the two in particular. You know, I would now. Here, here's the problem: they don't want to derail this nomination, right? Because again, the midterms are on the Republicans' minds as well. Right. It's let's get this guy in there and at least maintain the status quo. He's he's the nominee we have. Okay. And we can't risk not getting somebody in there to hold that spot in case we lose the midterms, right? But under normal circumstances, I would expect Mike Lee and Ben Sass, possibly John Corn and Tom Tillis and even John Kennedy to say something about the fact that Kavanaugh keeps saying precedent is what's supreme and not the Constitution. I would want to hear Mike Lee clarify that with this nominee and say, you know, yeah, but none Judge, of these Judge Kavanaugh, I, I keep hearing you say precedent mm -hmm. is, is what is the standard. Where does the Constitution fit into your reasoning yeah. relative to this precedent that you keep uh, lifting to the highest pinnacle? That's the kind of question I want to hear from somebody like Mike Lee and Ben Sass. Yeah, but even of those names that you've mentioned, none of them are really strong Fourth Amendment guys either. They're, they're I, I don't know those two guys. Yeah, I well, I do. Uh, fourth Amendment position. I know yeah. that typically they're the national security guys. Yeah, well, I, I know typically those two in particular, when it comes to the Constitution, are two of the best that you have in there. So in the Senate. Right. Yeah. So it's like the close. This is the best you're going to get. So if they don't ask it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to ask it. So that's why I was wondering. Now, well, like I you would said, Fourth Amendment in particular, they could be typical hawkish Republicans. I don't know. I would like to have seen Rand Paul come out and make some kind of comments about this. But, you yeah. know, Rand Paul has shown us that he's not Ron, that he's that he actually is tied more to political yeah. opportunistic uh, tendencies than Ron Paul yeah, was. He, he may have said I mean, he, he actually endorsed Mitch McConnell. Yeah, right, so, sure. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah, he's had his flakeouts. <laughs> he's not on the committee, though. I'm talking... These guys Okay, but just because the they're... Right, no, I understand. Yeah, he could, he could say it outside of that. But, you know, I'm, what I'm saying, in the midst of this, why aren't they asking these questions? And, and definitely Rand Paul would should be because in fact on the fourth amendment he's been a guy he's that's been the a strongest that's my point of the fourth amendment yeah so yeah i agree with that um i mean i don't know what he said or hasn't said but you know you would think if anybody's going to say something that would be the guy yeah and it's not just the senate judiciary committee that that will appoint kavanaugh yeah it's going to be a vote by the whole senate yeah, so right. these senators who are not part of the judiciary committee ought to be saying hey look uh, this is what we want to know. Now, maybe they're having these conversations with him in the office because that's what they do yeah. uh, during this whole process. But here's the problem. It didn't help, though. 
No, <laughs> here's the problem. The people need to hear these questions. Yes. The people need to know that these questions are being asked and the people need to know how these questions are being answered. And I have absolutely no faith, and I'll just say that, no faith in the constitution of this Senate Judiciary Committee because they have failed to ask real constitutional vetting questions. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is our last segment of the first hour, JC, where we have to say goodbye to those who do who only carry the first hour. Remember, you need to go to chrisannhall.com so you can hear the whole show, or you can go to um, uh, Spotify iTunes, Google Music Play, FM.com, where we're carried. You can go to Podomatic, uh, where, where we're carrying the show as a podcast. And you can find the rest of the show. You've got to go hear the rest of the show. But you can also contact your station and say, look, you're cheating us. You are depriving us of our constitutional sustenance. We're starving. We need another hour, right? Yeah. We need well, another hour. And I know some people probably on the Saturday show don't, maybe don't listen to the daily podcast yeah you need to go listen to thursday's podcast about about the criminals who yeah. are being employed by the department of justice right. and nothing is being done about it there are criminal infiltrators one in particular we talk about and that's not hyperbole by the way that no. is actual cr- criminals yeah. that are employed with your tax dollars correct we talk about this habrar uh, whatever her name is who organized essentially a mob assault on the Department of Homeland Security and kept her job at as, the Department of Justice. As a paralegal. As a paralegal. And now has been exposed inside the Department of Justice, um, I guess involved what I would call criminal activity, at least things she should not be doing to try to try to undermine um, you know, what's supposed to be happening in the administration. Uh, so, I, anyway, go listen to that show um, it, it, because it's it's going to blow your mind. The you, title of the show is it. The Daily Journal, uh, Project Veritas Impeach Sessions, and it also has a segment on uh, how, what we need to understand about how uh, the uh, new budget crisis is going to be the new crisis. If if this Kavanaugh thing doesn't pan out the way the Democrats want, you're going to see this year, an election year, the budget crisis, government shutdown, all the drama involved. And, and I will prove to you why that's really going to be an issue. But you're right. If you're not listening to the Monday through Thursday show, you're missing the the important stuff because we can't get we can't that's why we do Monday through Thursday because we can't do everything on Saturday. No, we can't. So well, and it's things again, things that the regular media is not talking about. Like everybody's right. talking about, uh, you know, people who've seen this O'Keefe video and the Project Veritas video talking about oh, oh this deep state and these infiltrators are in there. Nobody seems to be mentioning the fact that this this girl 
organized an assault against the Secretary of Homeland Security. Yeah, this is and not still about still has a job. This is not about an anti-Trump infiltrator. This is about a criminal holding a job with your tax dollars. At the Department of Justice. Justice. At the Department of Justice. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, we found a funny story, didn't we? Um, we <laughs> bless their hearts. Yeah. The uh, Fort Bend County Republican Party is coming under fire because they issued a uh, happy Hindu holiday uh, ad in the local newspaper where um, the ho- the Hindu holiday is uh, worshiping the Hindu god Ganesha. I don't know if it's Ganesha or Ganesha. Ganesha, I think, yeah. it is represented by an elephant. An elephant. So that's so, their, the, the, how they represent the deity of Ganesha. Ganesha, right. So then this, the the Republican group puts an ad, this what is like a local paper. Yeah, it's a local paper. Puts an ad in the paper uh, featuring the, the Hindu uh a representation of Ganesha as this elephant. And mm-hmm. I guess it talks like it describes all the Hindu stuff. And then at the bottom, it says, uh, would you worship a donkey or an elephant? The cho- choice is yours. So they're equating. They politicized this whole yeah. holy holiday. <laughs> so they're equating well, the, the Hindus. I was like, oh Hindu my deity to the Republican elephant symbol. Yes. And just it seems really um, irreverent. Yes. And very, very poorly executed. Guys. Very poorly executed, guys. <laughs> A wave of outrage pouring through social media. Uh, seriously. Uh, understandably so. Understandably I, I <laughs> so. Uh, you know, that's why we're not uh, princi- We're not party over principle, right? Yeah. You got to think oh, about man. these things before you do. Sometimes yeah. it's better to sort of pause before you hit the send yeah. button. It'd be like putting baby Jesus in a Pampers commercial. Something, or, or, or having man. Jesus turning water into, you know, Boone's Farm and, and having <laughs> that in a commercial. I mean, <laughs> really poor taste. Poor taste. Bless their hearts. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome back to the second hour of our Saturday double dose of Constitution, truth, principle. Fact, not fake news, not political party agenda, not propaganda, not government message, but we're giving you what the current events, the way you should hear them, the way they ought to be told. I want to, JC, you haven't heard this, but I I just, I had to leap in my chair um, uh, when when I saw this on Fox News, this is a uh, a a, wall, a a Fox News video that I'm going to play, so you guys can hear what is being said. And this is what caught me: the Missouri Attorney General, his name is Holly, is investigating Google over antitrust laws. 
This is how it's supposed to happen. We have the Attorney General of Missouri investigating Google on behalf of his citizens of the state of Missouri based on antitrust laws, and he'll tell you, I had so many people in my state concerned about the way Google uh, is biased, about the way Google is presenting, uh, is, is using private person's information. We want to know, is Google actually using what they collect from the people to, and they're biased to oust their competitors? And this is what, sh it should be happening on the state level. Huzzah, Missouri Attorney General Holly, for taking your state rights, your state authority uh, properly. You've taught the Missouri legislature mm -hmm. uh, state sovereignty several times. Three so, years in a row. Yeah, while there are some loons in Jeff City, there, there are a handful of them that have a good handle on uh, state authority. Let's let's listen to this. I'm going to play this for you, and I hope it doesn't come in too loud. So, let me let me fix this down here a little bit. We'll move in if we need to. Silicon Valley Goliath investigating Google over antitrust laws. Let's bring in Missouri Attorney General and U.S. Senate candidate Josh Hawley, uh, joining us today from out in Springfield, Missouri. Josh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, this is another one of those things where a big uh, search engine or social media giant says, trust us, we're right down the middle, fair and balanced, but you don't buy it. No, I don't buy it, and this is why I've been investigating Google now for almost a year. We issued subpoenas in the Attorney General's office to Google, and one of the things we wanted to know is, how is Google using that famous algorithm? Yep. You know, what, what kind of results is it returning on these searches? And uh, are they biased against conservatives? Uh, are they manipulating the kind of information consumers get to benefit Google and their platform? And that's exactly why we're investigating them. And what, is they... your, what has your investigation shown so far? Well, we've received a tremendous amount of information from Google, and we continue to press for more. And uh, we want to see exactly how they're using that search algorithm. You know, Google is the most powerful search platform in the world. Yeah. And uh, the, the information that people get from Google is just incredible. So we want to know, are they using it in a biased fashion? Are they also using it against competitors? That's the kind of thing we're looking at. We're going to keep after it. Well, thank you for doing that. You are right. They are so powerful, and people feel like the average American feels like there's nothing you can do about it. How do you go up against Google? How do you go up against Twitter? Who do you even call if you want to complain? Was there something done to you specifically that you were upset about, and, and that's what started this investigation? Well, I'd say what I was concerned about is the fact that Google collects more personal private data on us the American people than any corporation in the history of the world. And I wanted to know how they're using that data. You know, so what, what are they taking from consumers? Are they telling us what they do with it? And then how are they using that search platform? I've had so many people around my state tell me that they feel that uh, Google's uh, search results are biased. They feel that the information they get from Google is biased. They worry about their personal information. So look, I always say I haven't prejudged anything. I'm a prosecutor, but I want to get the facts. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay, the president... Isn't that, she asks, people feel powerless, where are they going to go, what, they should, what should they do? Well, they feel powerless because they think they're ha the only option is the FBI. Their only option yeah. is to go to the federal government. No, he's teaching you right here where you're supposed to go. Your attorney general is supposed to be handling this. And, ha and Holly, Attorney General Holly for the state of Missouri, I, I applaud you. I wish I had like a, a clapping hands sound bite there to put. 
put in because this is this is the duty of the state. This is not the duty of the federal government. And the state of Missouri needs to go forward with this. The state of Missouri needs to push this. The state of Missouri needs to complete their investigation and they need to bring charges if that becomes uh, criminally evident. And and I'm just I'm so I got so excited to see this because here we have a state, the state of Missouri, their attorney general seems to actually understand the separation of powers between the state and the federal government. You know, I'm, I'm wondering maybe if, if the uh, attorney general, Holly, just got sick and tired of the federal government doing nothing. And I think that's what's going to take the people getting frustrated, overwhelmed, and sick and tired of seeing all of this nonsense when in reality, it's not the federal government's job anyway. That's why it's not getting done, right? That's why it's uh, when the federal government investigates something and it doesn't get done, when the federal government investigates something and, it's, and it goes all wrong and it's, it's, it's just simply poorly executed or whatever, that's, that is because this is not the federal government's job. This is not, and, and, and the way they take this whole commerce clause and bootstrap it into making you think that everything falls under their jurisdiction simply because uh, they can interpret some kind of clause, which, which Kavanaugh would tell you, well, the precedent says, you know, they can in, reinterpret some kind of clause to mean something that was never meant to mean is just, to me, constitutionally offensive. Can I just go ahead and point you once again to Alexander Hamilton? I use him because he's the big government guy, right? He's the big government guy founder of his day. Now, he's not a Democrat big government guy, but he is the biggest government guy that they probably had in this entire discussion. And he simply points out, why do we make a list if a general authority was to be implied? Right. He, he called it absurd to believe that the list, that the, the, the specifically enumerated, the specifically delegated powers were just simply a suggestion to larger powers accessible to interpretation. And uh, what, what uh, uh, James Madison called constructive expansion of federal power. Yeah, I just, it's just disturbing to me. Google's control over information flow. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, we, we had a whole show about this. We've talked about this several times. We talked about the, um, <clears throat> with, with uh, Patrick Woods mm-hmm. and discussing the mm-hmm. technocracy. And, yeah, you and should all go look groups. at that technocracy show. That's pretty, pretty amazing. But uh, apparently, it, so it's come out that after the travel ban, after uh, Trump issued the travel ban that Google had discussions, the Google employees or whatever, had discussions about how they could tweak the search to direct people to these anti-immigrant organizations and, uh, you know, t- basically controlling the flow of information. They're, I, it's just, these are deceptive practices to me. And so Absolutely. there's some kind of uh, you know, I would think again on on the state level, and the, the, there's something to, to smacks to me of being illegal, where that you're using deceptive business practices to me. Well, and it's it's not just simply deceptive 
business. Well, yeah, I guess so. We've had issues with Google uh, along the way. I remember when uh, Googling the supremacy clause, how they came up with this completely erroneous definition of, uh, you know, what was amazing was when I Googled, they fixed it. I, this was one of those things where I started wondering with the impact of the Chris Ann Hall show, right? So I tweeted out, we posted on Facebook this completely ridiculous proffered definition of, of by Google of the supremacy clause, which we're referring to Article uh, 6, uh, Clause 2. And instead of when you, you know how you, when you Google something and they give you that window, this is the definition yeah. that's most prevalent or whatever. Instead of, uh, in, instead of actually quoting the Supremacy Clause, which isn't very long, by the way, they quoted an erroneous definition by Cornell University Law School that said that the Supremacy Clause establishes that federal laws are superior to state law and state constitution. I took a screenshot of that. We blasted that out everywhere and said, look, it actually takes less words to, to quote the supremacy clause itself than it did to create this, this errant premise of the supremacy clause to the American people. And, and my concern was, here you are Googling right? Here you are Googling the supremacy clause. Maybe you're a high school student. Maybe you're a college student. Maybe you're, you're, you're a person who wants to know more about government, and you're Googling the supremacy clause because somebody has mentioned it. You want to know what it means. Then all of a sudden, Google becomes the source. Yeah. How many people, until it was actually changed, how many people actually believed that the supremacy clause establishes that federal law is superior to state law and state constitution. I just simply don't understand that. And now, now they, have t- they have sort of taken it down the, the, the big screenshot that they put up there, and now it's just simply the uh, Cornell Law School is just simply the, the first source. So it's not like in your face. It makes you, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm offended by the fact of the miseducation, but what offends me m- more so is the fact that the American people use Google as a definitive source. So here I have just Googled Supremacy Clause again, right here on Google. And once again, Article 6, Paragraph 2, which is not even true. It's Clause 2. The Constitution is commonly referred to the Supremacy Clause. It establishes that the federal Constitution and federal law generally take precedent over state laws and even state constitutions. No. That is not true. And if, if we could actually speak truth, how different would America be today if your source could be a source of truth? Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. So we're talking about Google as a source of truth. And I think here, I, I, I appreciate Attorney General, Missouri Attorney General Hawley's perspective on uh, antitrust laws, on uh, the uh, security of people's private data. But here's the biggest problem, JC. Now, I don't know if you, you will agree with me or not. The biggest problem is as Samuel Adams identified it, the, the, the universal ignorance of the people to their constitution driven by an errant education system targeting the constitution to, for its demise, for its miseducation, and the reliance, I'll just, just repeat this, the general reliance of the American people on places like Google as the source of truth. Yeah, well... I was just reading through this Wall Street article, Wall Street Journal article about uh, this thing. The Google workers discuss tweaking search function to counter the travel ban. And in light of what you said, the fact that this is the source, this is the go-to source. Like, we hear stuff all the time, you know, just in discussions, and somebody doesn't know something. What's the phrase? Oh, Google it. Just Google that. Or they'll say... Google me, Google this, Google... I mean, it's just, it's part of our lexicon now indicating it's a go-to place. And so in this little email chain of how they're discussing manipulating the information, um, here's some of the ideas that they're talking about. Actively, quote, actively counter Islamophobic algorithmically biased results from search terms Islam, Muslim, Iran, etc., actively counter prejudiced, algorithmically biased search results from search terms Mexico, Hispanic, Latino. Uh, One of the questions, can we launch an ephemeral experience that includes highlights, up-to-date info from the Department of State's DHS, links to donate to ACLU, etc.? On and on this thing goes. Now, once let me repeat this because we talked about this in a previous show about uh, Mr. Sergei Mikhailovich Brin at Google. <laughs> the real Russian infiltrator. So, in, 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 in a lot of this hinges from the uh, videos. See, that, I, just, I don't mean to interrupt you here for just one second, and please forgive me, guys, for interrupting JC, but I just want to mention to you, if Russian collusion was a real thing, this is the guy who would be yeah. investigated. So the videos released by Breitbart of these secret internal uh, communications of all these, all these executives at, at Google, including Sergei Mikhailovich, crying and moaning and, and just freaking out after Trump won, mm-hmm. included a portion where comrade Sergei Mikhailovich said, we're going to be using, we will use um, their program, their software called Jigsaw to, quote, divert people away from information that Google doesn't like. Now, I went through this entire Wall Street Journal article, and and thank you, John McKinnon, Douglas McMillan. Good article. But here's my question, guys. Comrade Sergei Mikhailovich said he's using software to divert people away from information that Google doesn't like. And you mention this nowhere in your article. 
Right. We want to talk about these guys discussing in an email chain how they're going to manipulate information, which in the email they talk about, well, we don't want to engage in political activity, and Google says, well, this was never implemented. Yet, comrade Sergei Mikhailovich stood in the video and said, "Yeah, we're using Jigsaw to divert people away from information. Right. Okay, so... I, I, this is mind-boggling to me. I don't understand journalism today. You have this scenario that they deny and say never happened, but yet you have from the very mouth of the founder of Google saying they're doing this, and you don't talk about it. You don't talk about what he said. He admits that they are doing, but you talk about what they deny doing. I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. Well, I think Patrick Wood would tell you it's because of the, the underlying issue of technocracy. It is the under, they're all on the same page. It's not about getting the truth. It's about putting forward an agenda. It's, it's unbelievably frustrating. It is unbelievably frustrating. But for me, what's more frustrating is the fact that we have, we have created this society of people who simply cannot break free from this, this cerebral servitude that has been imposed on, on the people uh, through this indoctrination. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. We said Daily Journal. The Daily Journal, which comes through you to you Monday through Thursday. This is our Saturday show, the double dose of truth and constitution and fact and not fake. And you know, uh, last week, uh, no, week before last, I was teaching at the River Bible Institute, the River School of Government, and I taught on the um, deliberate dumbing down of America, the history of the American education system and how it has designed the American mind from 1835 forward, right? Right. And so Liberty First University now has that live class available online. So if you're a Liberty First University student, you can go to Liberty First University, watch that live class, watch me teach that class live. We also have the full course at Liberty First University. And, and the thing that's frustrating to me is that our tax dollars have been used from, from cradle to grave to manipulate the minds of the people into what I call a cerebral servitude, a cerebral slavery, so that we are actually, in, we've in, we have the most worst form of slavery. We, we, we have chains that we put on ourselves. We can't break free from them. They're invisible. We can't see them. They're self-imposed. And we simply are stuck. And I'm just wondering, what's it going to take to break the mind of the American free? I don't know. I mean, th that that kind of ignorance to me is what feeds these massive uh, technocrat corporations. You have when you have, you know, Google, when you have uh, comrade Sergei Mikhailovich and his uh, uh, Trisvi China committee of anti-constitutionalist English minions, <laughs> right? His his KGB 
type minions working for him. Right. To manipulate, control information. I mean, this is what the Soviet mm-hmm. Union, right? This guy, right. this guy is allegedly, uh, you know, his parents escaped from Soviet Union and bring him over here uh, in the late 70s. And, and, but look at look at it, right? You would think, so this is guy, we don't want to see this. And, and that's what they, he, when he runs his claptrap, says, you know, we want to stop this fascism and, you know, all this anti-Trump nonsense. Right. Brother, that's what you're doing. Right. You're the fascist. You're the one bringing Soviet style information control with with your company, your whatever alphabet incorporated Google. Comrade Sergei Mikhailovich has this whole band. Look, look at the agenda. These people are talking about in their email of this um, sympathy, right? That sympathizers Mm -hmm. for this Islamo fascism. Right. Okay. Right. I, I'm right. not a I'm not a war hawk. I'm not about bombing every place in the Middle East, but I'm also not delusional to, to enough to understand to the agenda. Enough to understand that there is this sh- Sharia, this Sharia centered ideology is anti constitutional, anti liberty, absolutely, and goes to the very destruction of the foundation of America, of the rule of law and due process. Okay. So. I know I know there are people out there 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 are my libertarian brothers and sisters who cannot seem to separate those two things. So you have these idiots, uh, these uh, subversives at Google mm-hmm. who who clearly you see through that email exchange mm-hmm. are pro Islamo fascism. They're at least apologists for Islamo fascism. Mm-hmm. And then you see another part of the radical left Democrat agenda, this pro illegal immigration mm-hmm. nonsense. And 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 again. The conflating of wanting to support the rule of law and have a legal constitutional process of naturalization mm-hmm. as opposed to and, and conflated with we hate all Mexicans, racist nonsense. So, you know, you have people, some of them that are useful idiots that are brainwashed. That's who the Democrat, radical Democrat left, that's who they use because they can't separate these things. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about the rule of law in regards to a process, a constitutional process of naturalization, oh, racism, racism. They, they're, they're so freaking retarded that they can't hear that. All they hear is, mm-hmm. you hate Mexicans. If you're a crippled too high for crutches that you can't understand these discussions, then you don't need to be involved in the discussions, and I believe you don't even need to vote in this country. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what you hear from these minions, these communist minions yeah. at Google. And it's mind-boggling to me, railing against fascism, and railing against totalitarianism. FYI, guys, these are the techniques you're using. Right, you're I was going to say, you are... You're <laughs> fascist. You're corporate totalitarians. Yeah, you are, the, you are the textbook definition of fascism. I had that, that sort of thought the other day, and I was like, what in the world? Because I had these... Uh, so every once in a while, just to, so- to sort of practice my art of the argument, just to sort of sharpen my skills, I engage with trolls on Twitter, Okay. Oh. Just, just sort of to me to to be able, just as an educational tool it's for like, myself. It's like right? going to the lake and feeding the ducks. Right, exactly. Just feeding the trolls. Yeah, no, I'm not feeding. You got for your me, little I'm bag of bread. It gives me some enjoyment. Tossing out crumbs, right? Your little constitutional right. crumbs. Yeah. And watching the watching the 
troll ducks fight over right. the crumb. So right. that's what, see, I think in pictures, I'm picturing right, that right, in right. my mind. But not only that, it's, it's also learning the behavioral patterns of the ducks, right? Yeah, exactly. How can I, right? And, and, and how do they operate? What do they move? Let's just kill this metaphor completely. Because we know they're a bunch of quacks. Right. We know that. <laughs> there you go. Bow. So anyway, um, and and it, I was I was bringing up the the limited nature of the government, obviously the limited nature of the federal government, the proper role of the state governments, and because I don't want federal health care, because I don't think that the federal government should be involved in every part of our life, they called Let me. Let me guess, you want people to die? I. They called me a fascist. Fascist. Yes. Isn't that the opposite of fascism? Uh, yes. That is the opposite of fascism. These s- Democrat socialist, uh, um, I, I don't know, idiots. Yeah, useful idiots. Useful idiots have absolutely no idea. See, they've been so trained to, to call people names, yeah. right? That it shuts people down if you call them names. That they simply do not understand. It's like the Princess Bride. You keep using that term fascism. I don't think that term means what you think it means, you know? Yeah. And I kept saying, do you realize that that government dictating uh, health care, government dictating your lives, government dictating what you can and cannot buy, what you can and cannot use. Yeah. You realize that actually <laughs> is fascism? Did you mention Princess Bride? No, I didn't yeah. mention so I didn't like mention Princess Bride. That word Bride. you keep using, I don't that, think it means what you think it yeah, means. Yeah, that word you keep using. Yeah. I, and and I'm, I'm seriously, I'm thinking, see, this is why we need to understand the art of the argument. we got to understand these things yeah. so that we can be effective. Now, I understand... That's where the term useful idiot comes from. Right. I, you know what? Let me just be clear. I understand going into this, I'm not changing them. I'm not sure. changing anything about the way they think or the way they operate. They operate under such a, a fundamental core of ignorance. Yeah, but it's studying the ducks. But I'm studying the ducks. But not only that, sometimes... Sometimes I throw out something for the duck and the swan gets it, right? Because there are people in my Twitter feed then are, who, are, who are listening and they, and, they, uh. and they catch a kernel and they retweet it, right? Yeah. So they catch a kernel so and I speak in kernels, right? The audience, is, uh, audience gets it. The Wa- watching, audience gets it and it gives them... Yeah. Yeah. You're as you're wrestling with the idiots. Right. Then the audience goes, "Hey, that's good." Yeah, that's, that's a good, good exchange right there. That's a good exchange, and they and they and they retweet that. Yeah. So, uh, that is the purpose of of uh, Twitter. Sometimes I get it. Twitter, you can do that better on Twitter than you can on Facebook. I I don't know why it works better on Twitter than it works on Facebook. I think because on Facebook you can write down too many letters in one post. See the I think problem. Twitter is, makes you be concise. The problem is with social media, it, like you only go so far, and at least me, and and it's like like you said, they don't seem to want to understand. They're not there to get it anyway, and it yeah. so it gets to a point where I want to punch somebody in the face, and you can't <laughs> do that through social media. So it really serves no purpose for me. Uh, <laughs> so, but so we all but, know JC has violent <laughs> tendencies. Um, I, I mean that in a loving way, but you know, I mean that's that's what you're dealing with. It's like you said, they learn to say these names. I mean, they're punching people in the face with names. That's all they know. And I mean, the economic the economic portion of fascism is control over industry and commerce by the government, yeah. right? By by the people in power. So right. 
that's the kind of morons that you're dealing with who are calling for con- government control over uh, over these industries and then calling you a fascist. Right. It's just mind-boggling how stupid these people are. You know, we've got this big controversy now about Trump declassifying FISA warrants, and I think maybe we should do uh, discuss this for a minute because the hysteria is is completely unwarranted. And I didn't mean to use that term. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. But but listen, Donald Trump is not seeking to declassify every single FISA warrant. So number one, the declassification of FISA warrants is not every single FISA warrant. So all of you who have your national security panties in a wad, right, let's, let's get over that. Also, let's also understand that declassifying a FISA warrant doesn't mean that certain criteria cannot be redacted to protect people's lives and, uh, and uh, you know, secret identities. Because we all know we have people in the CIA. We all know we have people uh, that are, are spies. Can we just put that out there? That well, we have spies. Every country has spies. You can redact anything of, of real classical nature and, and, and still declassify the document. Well, first off, they should be... This is the thing. You have, you, you have these investigators investigating this. You have uh, committees that have oversight of this. Mm-hmm. These FISA warrants should be cl- declassified to the extent that these committees can look at them. The senators it should be able to look at these things. Right. And then if they, you know, if they find something, then they should be able to push forward in that. Declassify doesn't mean, oh, it's declassified, so now let's publish it in the Washington Post. Uh, so I, they argue this thing in extremes for political purposes. For political and, purposes. And it's just bizarre to me. And I guess, so Trump wanted to declassify this thing, and then he ha- apparently had conversations with, with some of these some of these guys, which you know are you know, some of these hawks and national security, all, all these elements, and I guess changed his mind. So that's the big controversy. He said declassify, then he says don't, and you know, it's still a big, uh, it's a big uproar for people. Can we at least address the issue that these FISA courts completely the, operate completely unconstitutionally from the get-go? Yeah, that's the real point. And that's the real point we ought to be getting to. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is our last segment of the show. Uh, don't forget, you don't have to wait until next weekend to get our show. You can go Monday through Thursday to the Daily Journal and listen to the daily current events from a constitutional perspective. You can find them at chrisannhall.com. You can find them at Spotify. You can find them at Google Music Play, iTunes. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. Go back this week and uh, and subscribe. Go to chrisannhall.com and you can subscribe and we will deliver them directly to the mailbox. I know there are many of you that follow me on Twitter and follow me on Facebook, but you know the algorithms are keeping our posts from you. You know they are. We are being told they are. So why rely on 
on on Facebook? Why rely on Twitter to give you the information that you know you have to have to be properly informed? You can go to chrisannhall.com. You can sign up. We will deliver these shows directly to your mailbox every single day. That's my pitch. And I'm sticking to it. Good job. But here's the thing. I want these documents declassified. You know why? Because I want the American people to see what a circus these things really are. How the rule of law how the principles of due process are completely destroyed. And I bet you $10 to one that this is why they don't want these documents declassified. Absolutely. They don't want these documents declassified because they don't want the American people to know what kind of latitude they are using and what kind of destructive practices they have to the destruction of your liberty. It's not about national security. It's not about secrecy. It's not about protecting anything but their own usurpation, their own avoidance of the Constitution to the destruction of the rights of the people. And I will challenge them. Let me put this out there. I will challenge any House rep. I will challenge any senator. I will challenge anyone on the Intelligence Committee because that's where the real brainwashing happens. You see, they put people who are liberty-minded, the establishment in charge, like Paul Ryan, when they're handing out uh, committee appointments, they put people who are, who are constitution-minded, liberty-minded. I'm thinking about Michelle Bachman. She went in there on fire. Now, she didn't have good foundation, but she had good intentions. They stuck her in the intelligence committee, and they told her, showed her all these scary movies and all these scary sci- uh, uh, pictures and all these scary stories about what happens when national security is in threat- was threatened. And then she jumped on board and ended up saying before she left that the, that, that the federal government has the right to take your personal information from your cell phones and your emails in the matter of national security. That's what they do. So I will challenge anybody. I wonder, JC, do you think there's anybody in Washington, D.C. that would ever accept that challenge from me? Uh, I doubt it. I think the only ones that might sit down and talk to me are the ones that already think they believe the way I believe. Sure. But I'm serious. This is, I'm serious as a heart attack. I'm serious as a heart I'm so serious that I want everybody listening to contact their house rep, their senator, and say, hey, Chris Ann has, has thrown down the gauntlet. She says, we want to have this talk about national security and these FISA courts. We want to have a real discussion about these things. And I think these kind of discussions need to be made public because I know that's why they will not declassify. I think Trump is being deceived. I think he's being manipulated. I think he's being given the same scary stories that they, that they fashion up for everybody on the intelligence committee to make him back down on this. And in reality, declassifying these documents, anybody that has received a declassified document knows that it's not the entire document. Yeah. They can redact what they need to redact, but they don't want the American people to see what really happens behind closed doors. The war hawks circling the wagons. Right, because if the people become educated on what they're really doing behind those closed doors, I think they're afraid of the outrage because even the average American with just a kernel of understanding of Constitution, human rights, and natural rights would lose their mind if they knew what was going on behind closed doors. 
God bless you guys. Don't forget, join us on the Daily Journal on Monday. See you then. I was one who believed in the